week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best things happening in and around Oxford. It's Wednesday the 11th of November and today I'm here with Mike Hiya. and Michael. <laughs> yep, that's also my name. Hi. What have you guys got for me then? I've got dead students dancing and skydiving. I've got big riffs, biodiversity and burr, the British winter. And I've got boulevards, bushcraft and a British comedian. Sorry, to kick us off, Mike is giving us our Oxford fact. Yes, so this week I've decided to focus on Oxford College rivalries. And there are a few, but some of them are more obvious than others. So the first one is the Lincoln Brazenose one, which is a fairly sort of well-known one. Rivalry started uh, a long time ago in one of the town gown riots. Um, Three students uh, had been in a pub and this riot came past, or they may have started it. Um, they run up to Lincoln door, knock on the door, the porter opens, lets the two Lincoln students in, but doesn't let the Brazenose student in. So the mob kill the students. Oh, my um, word. Terrible. So it was kind of apology on Ascension Day every year. Um, Lincoln lets the Brazenose students into the college through the door that's in the back of the college and then gives them free beer, but it's laced with ivy, so it's horrible. So it's bittersweet, that one. <laughs> um, not, not poison ivy. No, no, no. But it was, it's really horrible. <laughs> yeah, the rivalry rears its ugly head every now and then. Sort of a couple of years ago, Brazenose papered Brazenose toilets this way signs all over Lincoln. <laughs> um, and last year, Lincoln stole a statue from Brazenose. Um, not that you'd know anything about that. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> okay, so continuing a little bit down Tail Street to Jesus and Exeter. Um, I think they probably have a rivalry just for the sake of having one. But biggest thing every year is the Till Street Dash, which it's only announced a couple of days before, so you don't know when it's going to happen. But they uh, sort of both colleges nominate, I think it's three from each college. I think you have to drink as many pints as 10 minus your year in university. So a third year would have to drink seven pints. Okay. And then you get on your bikes, cycle around this course that goes around the Radcam and around Queen's Lane and stuff, and then come back and whoever wins, wins it. Um, Lincoln used to be part of that as well, but they got banned after someone fell off and got to Not that you'd know anything about that. Not that I know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> On to Broad Street, Bailey Old Trinity. This is a, another historic rivalry, and it's because they border each other, and it's always going to happen, isn't it? And they have a tradition called Gordouli, which is a song that they sing to each other over the wall. Oh, they also sing other offensive songs when they're <laughs> drunk and after boat club dinners and stuff. It's a lot of fun. But they also raid each other, and there's a story of this raid in the 60s from Balliol that uh, they went into Trinity JCR and just turfed the whole thing, complete with daffodils. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is St John's and Keeble. So Keeble bought the land off St John's and built the college there, and it was controversial because of the brickwork. And some John students took incredible offence to this, uh, and they set up a secret society, and the only way you could get entry was by stealing bricks. From Keeble, <laughs> the aim being that it would eventually be demolished. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so lots of fun. But if you have uh, any more interesting Oxford facts, then tweet us at hashtag Oxford facts. On to the events for this week. Sunset Boulevard is being performed by Oxford Operatic Society at the Oxford Playhouse. I managed to grab Guy Grimsley for a quick chat about what Sunset Boulevard is all about. 
Sunset Boulevard is an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Probably not one of his biggest known musicals, most famous names, but it's a fantastic show. So what's it all about? It's about a silent movie star, Norma Desmond, who was huge in her day and has fallen upon hard times. When talkies came in, she lost her stardom and she meets a character called Joe and sees him maybe as a way back into Hollywood and back into the movie business. And... There's then sort of lots of game playing between them, lots of manipulation, ending up in quite a big dramatic finale. It's a fantastic show. The music is some of Andrew Lloyd Webber's best. There are lots of people who don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber. But if anything, this is his least Andrew Lloyd Webber music. <laughs> it's really complicated. The, the music is phenomenally difficult and it's more like, in some ways, Sondheim than it is your standard Andrew Lloyd Webber. To listen to the full interview, check out our Oxcast Extra, where Guy talks more about Oxford Operatic Society's future shows, why he'd love to play Norma, and we discuss the trend of operas performing musicals. So that's Sunset Boulevard being performed from Wednesday until Saturday. There are lots of evening performances and some matinee performances, and tickets start at £11.50. Cool. Um, other musical happenings this week. The Fratellis are playing the U2 tomorrow night, Thursday, if you need your memory jogged. All together and I They've achieved a kind of cult status in recent years because it's just one of the big chants they do at football stadiums, isn't it? Yeah. It could be a very loud gig. There's lots of shouting. Especially at that point, yeah. It seems to have been purpose-built to be sung by lots of people at once in whatever state of ebriation or inebriation you find yourself in. So they're trying to promote their new album, Eyes Wide, Tongue Tied, which includes singles, Baby Don't You Lie to Me. And they're quite unfratelli like Me and the Devil. I didn't sound... It wasn't their usual style. No, I can't, I can't imagine a terrace full of football fans singing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really super grassy, though. Huh. It, all sounded, it all sounds like very super grassy, and I've, they've got the same producer. I don't know if that's playing a part. But, yeah, if you're ever sad that super grass aren't working together anymore... So the Fratellis, do we know where their name came from? They are... They're uh, Scottish, aren't they? They are Scottish. Wow. It's true. None of them is called Fratelli. They're named after the family of criminals who hide out at the abandoned restaurant in... Katie? Oh. In... Oh. I can see it's... I can't remember. In the Goonies. Oh. In, in classic comedy, the Goonies. I didn't know that family had a name. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently they were the Fratellis, which I didn't remember. But yeah, so the Fratellis, I always think it's it's quite a quite a commitment to then take your stage name as being like Mr. Fratelli. So all the all the band's surnames, stage names are Fratelli. Oh, that's fun. Um, in the grand tradition of the Ramones or the Kills. Wait, the Ramones weren't a family. Oh no. Oh. They were. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like pulling. I'm pulling away all your delusions. Were any of them a Ramone? Was Joey Ramone a Ramone? No, none of them. No, they weren't called Ramone. Oh no. Wow. They, uh, and, yeah. Were the Jackson Five or Jackson? I think so. <laughs> That's all right then. Don't worry. And the Osmonds. <laughs> they were. Although the Smiths, not so much. Oh. Mm. The Von Trapps. <laughs> <laughs> we have been a bit quiet recently, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting yeah. for the new album. <laughs> well, yeah, if you want a preview of, of the new album for the for Sally's, <laughs> not the Von Trapps, and you're where they're at the moment, it's definitely going to be riff laden. I can safely promise that tomorrow night, Thursday at the O2, and tickets are seventeen fifty. If you don't fancy seeing the Fratellis, then why not 
engage your funny bone and head down to the Glee Club to see James Acaster with his new tour, Represent. Now, you may have seen James Acaster on Mock the Week and Russell Howard's Good News, but now you can see him in person, you lucky, lucky things. I chatted to James and asked him what advice he'd give aspiring comedians. Just gig all the time and write all the time and try out absolutely everything. What, one thing that I don't think people really tell you when you go into comedy is that if you do those things, it will become your job. Like, if you want to be a stand-up comedian, you can absolutely become a stand-up comedian. Like, there's actually nothing stopping you at all. All you have to do is get on as many gigs as possible and focus on getting better. And if you do that, it becomes your job. Like, I, I don't know anyone that that hasn't worked out for. It just happens, because, like... With other things, if you're an actor, you've got to sit by the phone and hope for a phone call and hope that you look right for the part or whatever. If you're a musician, you've got to hope that this kind of you know, the label wants the kind of music you're doing right now. I met so many amazing bands when I was in a band who weren't signed and it wasn't their job, even though they worked really hard all the time. They were amazing bands, but they just didn't get anywhere because that kind of music wasn't in style at the time. With comedy, none of that is in your way, none of that applies, because it speaks for itself. If you're making audiences laugh on a regular basis, then you can clearly be a stand-up and do it as your job. Beyond that, you don't know how successful you'll be. You, know, you might just be doing the clubs, uh, which is a, absolutely a brilliant way to uh, make a living, or you might you know, become the biggest comic in the country, but it will become your job if you work hard enough. And that's what I'd say, really. It's just like, throw everything at it, because you won't, you won't fail. I, I, I honestly believe that, you know, it, it will become your job. So that's tomorrow night at the Glee Club, at, starting at 7pm. Tickets are £12. Listen to the full Oxcast to hear about James's previous jobs, what he loves about stand-up, and how he deals with hecklers, including a very interesting story about one of his worst gigs. From one type of solo performance to another, Katie has found us a dancer-size class in Yarnton. So this dancer-size class from Debbie's School of Dance will teach you ballroom and Latin routines, but the important thing about this one is that you don't need a partner. It's all solo routines and moves, which is quite exciting, really. So, you know, if your partner doesn't like dancing or goes to a club and stands in a corner, this might be for you. That's really good. That is Dance Size at Yarnton Village Hall every Friday at 10.30 in the morning, £5 a time. To see what other dance classes are available in Oxford, check out our What's On guide. And if you really like them and fancy giving them a review, then log on to our website and write something up. And if you fancy forming a band um, and maybe naming yourself after it, then visit our Musicians, Instruments and Kit page. Something else entirely now, the Oxford Climate Forum is happening this weekend um, at the Said Business School. This is an excellent conference. OCF actually is the largest student-led climate change conference in the UK. So it's happening uh, Friday evening until Sunday afternoon, which I'll talk about in a minute. So yeah, there's a, there's a great range of keynote speakers and other speakers who are very well informed and I've been doing lots of work in the fields there discussing. So Bianca Jagger is delivering the main keynote and for over 30 years now she's been campaigning for human rights, civil liberties, uh, matters of social justice as climate change affects. Bill McKibben's going to be joining via satellite link or is going to be there in video form. Now he's the founder of 350.org which is the first worldwide grassroots climate change movement which is organised many thousands of climate rallies all over the world. Um, also, a quarter of a century ago, Abel was the writer who published The End of Nature, which is widely seen as the first book on climate change for a general audience. A little spoiler here for you. Um, when buying a ticket, you're 
invited to submit a question uh, for Bill McKibben and the the conference will, will choose some to, to give to him so you may see your questions being answered. The other keynote speakers are the senior campaigner for the international climate at Friends of the Earth and the director of Energy for Humanity. So yeah, great thing about this conference is there's a quite clear flow from, from the beginning to the end of it. Um, it begins with sessions presenting the story of how we got to where we are <laughs> uh, environmentally, including Paris 15, the summit from this year. This is especially poignant with the Indonesian fires at the moment, I suppose, isn't it? I saw some statistic yesterday that um, if the fires continue burning for three weeks, they will have emitted more CO2 than Germany does in a year. Whoa. Wow. And everyone's just turning their back on it. Thank so goodness. get over there, guys. This is <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> it's the thing. Like, it's, it's always going to be relevant because there's always... There's always crazy things happening like that, which it can just be overwhelming to, to think how you can be involved or at least well-informed. So this is a fairly widely aimed conference. So if you're uninitiated or or this is your something you're particularly passionate about, it's it's a great thing to be involved in. Very usefully, there are workshops on the, on the Sunday afternoon, uh, which people will be on hand to help you find the right local action organisation for you, including... Oxford Climate Society, Teach Green, the Ox Co-op and Divestment. So yes, lots of opportunities to be involved. That's happening at the Side Business School uh, from Friday at 5pm until Sunday afternoon. Tickets are between £8 and £35 from student day tickets to a full price conference ticket. If things keep heading the way they seem to be heading in terms of climate, you might need these cookery classes the Hill End Centre. On Saturday there is the family bushcraft session happening at the Hill Ends starting at 10am until 2pm and what you'll learn this week is bush cooking. So I know what you're thinking, you're thinking bush tucker trials but no you're actually going to be cooking puddings. Oh. Yeah very nice. Some of the juicier worms then. Yes some of the juicier ones you know. Mix it with some apple, be delicious. Yeah. So it's pay on the day and all you need is appropriate outdoor clothing and a waste-free packed lunch. This got me thinking, what's the strangest thing you've eaten? I've eaten quite a lot of exotic animal steaks. Yeah? Yeah. Have you? There's a really good pub in Tame called Birdcage and okay. it does exotic animal steaks. So I've had crocodile, camel, kangaroo, alpaca. That was oh. delicious. It all tastes like chicken anyway. No, they all taste mainly like beef. But oh, <laughs> crocodile yeah. tastes sort of like fishy chicken. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. I've certainly eaten unspecified innards before. Um, had a, a nice Argentinian barbecue mm. in, in Buenos Aires, which was like just great. Like you're you're treated to everything, but sometimes it's just intestines, and you know, <laughs> you just go for it. Fair enough. Go Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I like a good lamb heart barbecue. Mm. It's kind of the cheapest meat in Tesco. That's why I tried it to start with, <laughs> just to see if it was actually palatable. And it is. It tastes just like lamb. It's great. Um, you, the only way to cook it is you kind of chop it into bits and then marinate it and then put it on kebabs. But um, it's really, really nice. On the grilled, on a barbecue. Just try it. <laughs> if you want to stick to puddings and try out this event, uh, if you're a friend of Helen, it'll only cost you £4 for an adult and £2 for a child. And members of the public cost you £6 for an adult and £3 for a child. Hill End is a really nice place to go anyway as a family. 
I went there on school trips when I was younger and it was great. So that's from this Saturday from 10am to 2pm. If you don't know where Hill End is, it's just outside Oxford, near Farmore. But there is a bus that stops just outside, so no excuse not to go. <laughs> okay, other ways to appreciate the British countryside. Via the medium of art. <laughs> there are a couple of exhibitions happening at a couple of galleries uh, in Oxford. The first is Winter Landscape, which is happening at the 3 Loo 3 is a great little gallery. Um, they're slightly tucked away in Oxford Castle, but I've been to I've been to some fun things in the past. So they had an exhibition of DIY and uh, original record cover art and cassette art, like mixtape. All kinds of stuff happened there, but this exhibition's focused on the beauty of the British landscape. A few artists whose work is being shown. We've got Jason Hicklin, who walks the landscape, he's travelled around the coasts of Scotland most recently, sketching as he goes and then transforms these into etchings, which I think both of which are going to be at the O3. Jerry Dudgeon, I think, captured Britain at its wintriest. If you remember 2010, when the snowfalls were a bit mental. And another Oxfordshire-based artist, Rod Craig, who's all about spontaneity uh, and uses appropriate media like Indian ink and watercolour and he goes capturing the atmosphere of a place rather than trying to replicate it in painting and Rod was in action at the the gallery launch last week painting along to live music so that's happening from now until Wednesday the 23rd of December Um, something a little different at the Junction Gallery in Woodstock is their winter show again it's already open and as with the winter landscape exhibition at the O3 Everything you see is on sale. So both as an opportunity to find some handcrafted gifts for Christmas. This thing includes paintings, jewellery, glass. We've got some wildlife sculpture, quite a quite an array of, of wildlife sculpture by Stephanie Cunningham, including resting hare and fetching badger, which are my favourite items. Also another artist I liked when I had a look is Elaine Bolt, who works with ceramics like leaving things unglazed and reduction fired so they're way hotter than they should be and it results in random effects like these dark green blooms on porcelain and purple on terracotta pieces which looks really good. I like a cosy thing about the home conceptually as, as well as things that might actually look good in your home. So the vessels are creating interior spaces within interior spaces. Mm. See what's going on there. Yep, as I said, everything's for sale. Items range from about £40 for jewellery and some ceramics up to £2,000 if you've got uh, deep Christmas pockets uh, for some of the bigger original paintings. The exhibition is open until the 17th of January and it runs during normal gallery opening hours which are uh, Tuesday to Saturday at 10 till 5 and Sundays 11 till 4. For more vicarious winter living, <laughs> you could go down to the Adventure Film Festival, which is actually a nationwide thing, but the showings in Oxford are at the UPP. So they sort of show it every year or every time that happens. Um, and this time they're doing it every Monday from the 16th to the 30th of November. So it's those three Mondays. And it's different stuff on every night. On the first one, they're showing Warren Miller's Chasing Shadows. So Warren Miller is this kind of legendary snow sport filmmaker who's been going since like the 50s um, and it's his company that's still making them and comes out with a new one every season I think he's still alive but not making them anymore yeah so they're really really cool and have amazing visuals and you know the top athletes and stuff uh, and watching the trailer it's um, it's going to be a very very cool one very very cool but that's on the 16th on the 23rd which is the Monday after there are three films first is uh, Bjorn Neuer I think 
which is a Norwegian film about these three brothers uh, just go to this Norwegian island in the middle of winter to do some snowboarding and paragliding, cold water surfing and stuff. No money, but you know they made this film and it's it's wicked. It's really cool, but it's a bit mad, like going surfing in a sea that might be a little bit frozen. <laughs> you got to question what you're doing at that point. <laughs> Yeah, but that night there's also Burn It Down, which is a short film about longboarding. So the guy, James Kelly, he lives in uh, California and he's one of you know, the big longboarders. But if you don't know what that is, actually, that's um, it's kind of like these, there are these big skateboards that they're only really good for going downhill very, very fast. <laughs> um, they're a lot of fun. And the last film they're showing on that day is The Last Explorers on the Rio Santa Cruz, which is a story about these three guys, Leon McCarran, Tom Allen, and Jose Argento, who travelled down the length of the Argentina River on horseback. And they were following this old European expedition that Charles Darwin was on. <laughs> but it looks kind of cool because, you know, they didn't take any water, they were relying on the river for it, and, but they did carry all their food with them on these five horses. So very, very tough, very, very wow. tough. And then the last one, on the 30th, is they've got a whole bunch of shorter films um, about free diving, free climbing, free running... Maybe some kind of theme here. <laughs> yeah. But that I've seen a couple of them before and they are like the, the cream of the crop. These are the best films that they're showing. So the freediving one, it's uh, it's all kind of conceptual. So freediving, again, it's diving without as, as deep as you can for as long as you can without a tank on. And you sort of, you, you get hallucinations because you go that deep. And that's oh, kind of why some people do it. And so this film is kind of a conceptualization of those hallucinations and how you feel throughout the whole thing. Wow. So it's really, really cool. And the other ones, it's basically just a lot of people doing stupid things. Be <laughs> 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 free. Um, and then, yeah, so the last film on the 30th is, again, a longer one called Objectif Amazon, which is a French film um, about an expedition from the source to the mouth of the Amazon. And I couldn't get that much from the trailer, but they seem to have built a sort of a raft with a house on it. And then they just go down the Amazon in that. Wow. So that's 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 cool. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so yes, if you're looking for inspiration of adventures to go on, um, maybe go to this film festival or else <laughs> just go along for the fun of it. So that's Monday 16th, 23rd and 30th November, 9pm each night and £9 or 7.50 concessions at the UPP. Follow our adventures by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. Prepare yourself for winter by checking out our clothes and accessories sales page. And follow us. You know you want to. Uh, follow us on social media. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, Daily Info Oxford. And check out our latest competition in which you can win a meal for two out at Modern Art Oxford. Mm. 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 Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily.